Hey, good morning, everyone. Hello again. I'm Nate Wagner. I'm one of the pastors here at Portico Church, Arlington, and it is so great to see you all. Glad you all survived the storms, and hopefully not too many of you lost power, and if it was lost, it's back on again so that you can cool off. We are doing family worship, like I said at the beginning, which means that there are children of all kinds of ages and stages of development here with us. And so just know that we welcome the children here, so do not feel pressure or um, anger or frustration if they're wiggly and squirmy. That's normal for kids. Um, And we're helping them kind of orient to what it means to um, sit under the word as God's people to sing songs and hymns and spiritual songs together as his people. And so um, it's a great honor to be able to do that. And so thank you for being part of that. For the last three times that we've done this, we've been going through the storyline of Scripture, creation, fall, redemption, and this is the fourth, new creation. And so we're going to be talking about new creation. We're going to be looking, taking a break from Psalms and jumping into 2 Corinthians this morning. But before we go there and read it, I want to kind of give you guys a little bit of perspective of what we're talking about, because we're just jumping right into it. Um, And so to do that, I want to let some of you younger people know that phones used to have cords, and they would actually be attached to walls in houses, and you didn't have the option of putting a phone in your pocket and leaving. If you wanted to talk to somebody on the phone, you had to be by the phone, in the same room even, that the phone was in. And it was incredibly limiting and probably really good that it was like that, but that's not the point. The point is that we understand that there's an old way of doing things and then there's a new way of doing things. And those two um, ways oftentimes will collide. And that's actually what you see in Scripture, is that there is a massive collision. There's a massive fight between the old and the new. So much so that the language that we're going to look at in 2 Corinthians identifies that these are not just things. These aren't even just people that are old and new, but they are kingdoms. They're entire worlds that are old and new. And so what happens when you have this collision of an old kingdom and a new kingdom is that you have tension, you have a fight, you have war, you have division. And so when we talk about new creation, we are looking at the fact that God has done something new, and that is continuing to unfold, but we're still living in the old. This is what a lot of people have referred to as the already and the not yet, or the overlap of ages, the overlap of worlds. We are new, but we're living in the old. And so today, the language, how we're supposed to understand this, how Paul wants to communicate it to the church in Corinth and then to us, is that the church is an embassy of the new that is stationed in the old old world, the old kingdom, and that everyone 
who is in Christ is an ambassador because they are a new creation and they are sent out into the old world to call people into the new. And so it's an immense privilege that every single one of us has. Think about this. How valued is the ambassador to a different country of the United States? That is a high position in our government. That's an honor that is bestowed on just a few people, the best of the best. People work and strive their whole lives to become the ambassador of the United States to a foreign land, to represent the interests of the United States. And what Paul is going to tell us is that by faith, by being in Christ, you are an ambassador to the eternal kingdom of God. I don't know if you can believe that. It's hard to believe. We're going to try and work on that. So let me go ahead and turn there, and we'll read our passage today, which is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and we're going to be reading from verse 17 through 21. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God, making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Please pray with me. Father, just jumping into this is overwhelming. So much in our lives, so much in our own thoughts about who we are, how we see our shortcomings, how we see our inadequacies, how we see our limits. It tells us that we're not really important to your work to your kingdom, to something that's eternal, to something that's going to last forever, to something that is cosmic in scope. And so, Lord, sometimes we get distracted and we turn to something that's much smaller, something that we think maybe we can handle, something that we can master. And so, Lord, I ask that you would help us to turn away from that, to receive the calling that you have given us, the calling to understand that we have been reconciled to you and that you have sent us to the place of reconciliation, Lord. And it's something that is way bigger, way, way more than we can handle. And yet you equip us through your spirit, through your word, through the message that you have given us the message of your son. God, we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.
All right, so that's the scene. The scene is set. You have an old world that's in opposition to God, that's living unreconciled to God, and that means they are actively working against God. They have wronged the creator of the universe. And this maps on to this series, right? Creation, fall, redemption, new creation. Creation. God has created everything, but the fall means that the world is in rebellion, that it is rejecting the rule of God. And you see this in the story of Adam and Eve in the garden. You see how that first entered into this world as Adam and Eve rejected the wisdom of God and followed their own desires as they were kind of provoked by Satan. And so out of the garden they went, right? The garden as representative of God's kingdom, the first place on earth where God specially was, and they were in exile. And so the old world had become the dwelling place of Adam and Eve, roaming, wandering, separated from God. And yet God had given them a promise. And that promise went through their children, passed on through the line of Adam and Eve. There was always one who continued to steward that promise until we got to Jesus who's a descendant of Adam and Eve, traced back through the lineage of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And last time when we were talking about this, we were talking about that idea of being in Christ, that in Christ, if you are trusting in what he has done, if you are under his authority, that you are redeemed, that you can't do that on your own, that Christ has done it, and by trusting him, you receive that. And now we're talking about new creation. And it's so easy to stop at redemption. Like, redemption gives us so much catharsis. We're like, oh, we are now redeemed? We have been saved from the punishment of our sins, from eternal condemnation? That's awesome. And it is. But we stop there sometimes. And we think, okay, so we just, we just kind of hang out. And we wait. And we'll just kind of busy ourselves on this earth, entertaining ourselves, living as best a life as we know how to. But we don't understand that our redemption is part of a bigger story. Our redemption isn't actually about us. It's about proclaiming the glory and the beauty of God who has redeemed us. And that means that now, as Paul sees it, we are ambassadors for Christ, entrusted with that message of reconciliation to take it into the world, to spread it, to call all people to come into this new kingdom. And so the first thing that we're going to look at in this context is the need for embassies. We're going to look at why do we need embassies? Why does God work through embassies of his kingdom? And then Second, the purpose of embassies. What is the purpose? What are we supposed to be doing? If we are living in an embassy, if we're attached to an embassy, if we're working in an embassy as Christians, what is our purpose? What's our mission? What should we be doing? And then finally, we're going to celebrate the end of embassies. So we're going to talk about new creation in this kind of like image of being in an embassy of the kingdom of God. 
So the need for embassies. If you look in verse 17, you see it's implied here. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And so what Paul is assuming is he's assuming that we all are aware of some kind of tension, of some kind of tension in our life. Even if you're not a Christian, you've experienced this tension probably. You have a longing for something better. You're dissatisfied with the status quo. You're trying to get more out of your life, more out of this world, more out of your job, more out of the relationship that you're in. You have that unmet longing, an unfulfilled desire that you're trying to meet, that you're trying to achieve, that you're trying to accomplish. And so what Paul is saying is that if you are in Christ, and that's language for faith, for trust, And that when you trust in Jesus, you are enveloped in him. You are covered by him in such a powerful way that Paul is saying you enter into him. You are part of him. And so you are covered. Your righteousness, or lack thereof, is completely covered by his righteousness. And what he had was a perfect life and a death on a cross, he attributes to you. He gives to you. And so these are the benefits of being in Christ, is that you get what he has. And as a result, you are spared. You are redeemed. That's the language of redemption. And now Paul is going, taking that further, and he's saying, the old has passed and the new has come. Present tense. It has come. And so here's a way of thinking about this, and the need for embassies is directly attached to this. When Jesus died on the cross, the punishments for your sin were completely satisfied. That means there is no future punishment for everyone who is trusting in Christ. That moment when Jesus died on the cross, you were redeemed perfectly. So what happened when he rose from the grave? Why is it important that Jesus not only died on the cross, but that he rose again? Well, it's because in the cross, he atoned for your sins. And in the resurrection, he gives you new life. It's a resurrection life. When you're in Christ, you were crucified with Christ, according to Galatians 2.20 but you're also raised with him. You're given a new life. You are a new creation. No matter how old you are, no matter how young you are, no matter your nationality, your ethnicity, no matter your background, no matter your past life, you are a new creation, all you who are in Christ. A new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And so there's something fundamental that happens to individual people when they are found to be in Christ. They become new. There's a newness. But the other side of that is that there was an old. 
that there continues to exist an old kingdom that we've all been a part of, that we're all tainted by. And so when Paul says that the old has passed away, it's easy to just kind of gloss over that. But in my experience, the old passing away is incredibly painful. It's a death. It's like your eyes are opened up when you are in Christ to all of the pain that your old way of life was producing. And so part of the need for embassies is to teach that new life what it means to walk as a redeemed son and daughter of God. To help in the shedding of the old skin and the walking in newness of life. So we need embassies because it helps us along that process. Because yes, that happens fundamentally at the moment that you are found to be in Christ once and for all, but it happens progressively in time as you walk it out. And we need embassies to help us do that. The second thing that you see later is this idea of reconciliation. This idea of reconciliation. Reconciliation means that there are two kind of parties or two people or two groups that are at odds with each other. They're in conflict. In this case, they're at war. They're in opposition. They are opposed to each other. And so the need for embassies here on this old earth is because there is two kingdoms completely opposed to each other. And the embassy is like a little piece of one country that exists in another in order to reach out, in order to try, to try and maintain some type of communication, some type of partnership, even in great conflict. And so the fact that there are embassies here in this old world, it means that God has not given up. Things are not completely unreconcilable because that's what you see in countries in this world. When embassies close, when a country pulls its people out, what they're saying is, we have no trust. We have no ability to work with you and we're going to treat you as if basically you don't exist. Only hostility can be anticipated. And so the fact that God has placed embassies of his kingdom in this world is it immensely hopeful for us, but for the whole world, that God is continuing to make all things new. So it's a sign of hope. Embassies are a sign of hope. Now, what, what do we do? What's the purpose? Okay, that's great. We just exist and it's hope. It's like, well, kind of, but we are actually given something to do. And all of you, if you're in Christ, you are ambassadors, which is crazy. Because that means there's how many ambassadors here in this building right now? Usually there's just one ambassador. Usually an embassy has an ambassador and a bunch of staff. This is radical, friends. This is radical. It would make sense to say, Pastor, you are the ambassador. 
and then you have a bunch of staff that should help you. But that's not what this says. This says that anyone in Christ is an ambassador for Christ. Anyone. This is what has been known and phrased as the priesthood of all believers. That means in Christ's kingdom, there is Jesus and there's us. And that's how that works. And there are different roles and functions within that. But in terms of how we are seen and our importance, we all share in the same importance. We all share in this task. And yes, we're going to do it in different ways and express being an ambassador in different ways. But I want you to feel the weight and the value of that because it will give your life purpose that you are looking for probably other places. You are an ambassador for Christ. So your purpose as ambassadors for Christ is a ministry of reconciliation. A ministry of reconciliation. You, friends, who have been reconciled to God in Christ now participate in a ministry of reconciliation. You go to people who do not know him. You go to friends that you have, to neighbors that you have, who are continuing to live in that old world, and you work in the ministry of Christ's reconciliation. Anybody here feel equipped to do that? Super confident in that task. I don't. I'm not up for this. Like, I'm tongue-tied. I can't speak eloquently. I have kind of a grumpy disposition, (laughs) right? Like, I'm going to chase more people away. I am the wrong choice, God. Like, send somebody else. I'll get behind them. It's not how he works. He works through your weakness, He works through your weakness. And he also has given us a very simple tool. And it's not working miracles. It's not signs and wonders. It's not solving the problem of world hunger. It's not in reaching out to unreached people groups and providing for them, all of those things, wonderful, amazing, good things to do. But look at this text, what it says. It says that we have been entrusted with a message of reconciliation. We have been given a message. We are newsmen. We are message boys and girls. We take what we have been given from God the gospel message, and we just simply bring it. And it is through that process, God calls every single person that he wants in his kingdom to his kingdom. So if you can understand how you were reconciled to God in Christ, that is the message that has been entrusted to you. And Paul, because he's a practically-minded person, does not want us to overcomplicate this. 
He's like, I'll just make this simple for you and put it right here very simply. Here's the message. Because what's the message, right? If we are sent out, what do we bring? 19, verse 19. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespass against them. And then again, that's where he's talking about the message of reconciliation. In verse 21, crystal clear, underline it, highlight it, memorize it. This is the message that makes old things new. This is the message that the Holy Spirit anoints with faith to bring people who are dead in trespass and sin alive to grace and God. For our sake, God the Father made him, Jesus the Son, to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You see, even though we have roles to play, even though we have a message to bring, even though we are walking in newness of life, this is a work of God. And he works through children. He works through imperfect people. He works through people who are just stumbling to find the slimmest glimmer of love and care for their neighbor and the courage to interrupt their life with the gospel message. He uses that and he changes generations. He redeems them. He makes them new. And you're part of that as an ambassador. It's amazing. But it's temporary. There's an end. There's an end to all embassies of the new world. And that's because there is a day when there will no longer be an old world. When the old will pass away universally, completely, perfectly. The work that we have is temporary. It is oriented towards time. And you can hear that in the emotion that Paul is writing with. He is saying, we implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. We implore you, do it. Later on, or excuse me, beforehand, it might be later on. I don't know where it is. It's somewhere in the context here. It's not included in the passage, but he says, now is the day of salvation. Today is that day. Today is the day of salvation. When should we be reconciled? Today. Why? Because tomorrow, the king might come back, and it might be too late, because the old will be gone. The embassy will be enveloped in the kingdom of God arrived on this earth. Jesus, fully triumphant, ruling over all. And so even though we feel tension with that, because we are living in this old world, we have people and friends that we know who are still part of that old world. And so we are, and even Paul, mourned for that reality. 
that not every single person he knew was a citizen and an ambassador for Christ yet. Despite that tension that we feel, there is an immense hope and joy and promise. Because being in an embassy is tiring. It's hard. It's sacrifice. Even in the best of circumstances, you're just constantly at odds culturally with your surroundings. You try and adapt, you try and get used to it, but you're like, this is not my home. And so there is a time, friend, when you will be home. When the deepest longings that you have will be completely satisfied as you see your Lord and Savior face to face. As every single wrinkle and crack and crevice that sin has broken in this world is completely undone and a perfect world is brought down from heaven to earth. Here's some of the things that are cool about this. We miss out on stuff. I miss out on stuff. You miss out on stuff. Like, there's probably vacations that you want to take to really cool places that you want to go. You're like, man, I can't do that because I'm going to this other cool place. Or I don't have enough money or whatever. And there's kind of a loss, right? And there's, this is kind of superficial, but I think we all get this. We all have things that we want to do on this earth. And we're kind of aware of how short our lives are in the big scheme of things and that we are limited The new world is coming. And it's going to be kind of like this world, except for better in every imaginable way. That means the mountains that you want to be in are going to be way better. The beaches that you want to lay on, way better. The planets that you want to visit, you're going to be able to do that. All of creation is going to be made new, and you will have an eternity to enjoy God by enjoying all that he has made, enjoying the new kingdom that he has brought. That hope, that joy, that privilege, that honor, that gives us the ability to sacrifice. It gives us the ability to be ambassadors of a crucified king. To understand that for Jesus, there was no crown if there wasn't a cross. And for all of his followers, there is no crown if there's not first a cross, because we are in him. And so in this life that we are living in the overlap, in the already not yet, in the old and the new, we can expect pain, we can expect opposition. We are living by faith, not by sight, but we can live by faith. Because one day, that faith will be made sight, and we will see Jesus. And when we see Jesus, we know that his kingdom is here, and it's perfected, and it's eternal. So persevere. Persevere. And maybe, as you think about your life, you're like, man, I am working so hard for these things that just never really satisfy that never really pay off. And I'm sacrificing a lot for those things. 
I want to challenge you to join Paul, to think about what it means to actually be called an ambassador for Christ. Your whole life should revolve around that. Because there's nothing more glorious, nothing more honorable, nothing more valuable than being an ambassador for your creator, your king, and your redeemer. That doesn't mean that you quit your job. That doesn't mean that you leave what you're doing. That doesn't mean that you just become a nun or a monk. But what it does mean is that every single thing that you do, your goal should be ministry of reconciliation. How is this helping me to communicate the king of the coming world to this old and dying world? How I'm doing my job should do that. How I am a coworker should do that. How I am a boss should do that. How I am a parent should do that. How I am a friend should do that. How I am a neighbor should be doing that. Every single thing that you do, everything that you have, I want you to orient towards this ministry of reconciliation. Because you're going to probably regret a lot of things at the end of your life. I know I will. Because we're still shedding that old skin. But I can promise you, because it's a promise we find in God's word in the scriptures, that we will never regret a single sacrifice that you have made to be a minister of the reconciliation that God has offered to this world. Never regret that. So think about that. And you might be doing that in so many ways and just not connecting the dots. And I'm asking you, please connect the dots. It will give so much more meaning and value to your everyday, seemingly mundane tasks when you understand, oh, I am living as an ambassador. And as an ambassador, I am changing this diaper right now in a way that reflects my Savior. I am filling out this government form right now with excellence. Because that's actually going to help. And people are going to see that. And honestly, that's the lowest bar, but it will stand out probably. And so do it with excellence. Do it with joy. Do it with hope because you know that as an ambassador, ambassador of a coming kingdom, that kingdom will one day be here. And we all will just enjoy life as citizens of that coming kingdom. Please pray with me. Father, we thank you um, as we finish up this series. These things are massive. These concepts are hard for us to understand. And yet, in your word, you communicate them in images that we can wrap our minds around. And so, Lord, I ask that here this morning, that all of us, would turn away from the kingdoms that we try and build, the kingdoms that we try and manufacture, the kingdoms that we cling to, and that we open our hands, our eyes, our hearts, our minds, everything that we have in order to join you in the work of reconciliation that you're doing in this world. 
Lord, it's not just us. It's not just the people that you're reconciling. It's the world. It is the universe. It's the cosmos. And it's eternal. And it's something that is worth giving everything for. And we know that and we can trust that because your son gave everything for it. He has perfected it. He has established it. And yes, Lord, we cry with all of your saints. Jesus, come. Return. Bring that kingdom. We long for it. And until that day, Lord, we ask that you would empower us, that you would remind us to not get distracted, that it is the message of reconciliation that you have given us, and that your spirit goes to that message and gives life. Lord, we ask to see that, to hope for it, to labor for it. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.